Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Worship Center in Brighton, Michigan. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit faithworshipcenter.org. feel in my spirit to say this, and I believe the Lord impressed it upon my heart that get ready, get ready for increase uh, in this house. God is enlarging the borders of your tent, because what you have going on here, all right, it's not just to be for this small group, but God is going to add and increase. Amen. I believe that. I'm not trying to hype you. I'm, I'm very careful when I say things like this, but I really feel it in my spirit. Because there's hungry people out there. There's people out there that are hungry for what's real, the reality of God and the power of God. And that can't be contained in just a small place and a small group of people. And I believe that when you move to this other building in the Lord's timing, that God is going to just begin to add and increase. Amen. He's going to bring people, those who are hungry, those who want to experience the reality of God's presence and God's glory, what you have in this house. And I encourage you just to stir up your faith and your belief and, 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 and pray and just believe God for great things because there's great increase beginning to happen. Amen. Praise God. You know, I just want to say and just reiterate what my wife said, what a, what a pleasure it has been to, uh, to be with you all and uh, how much we, uh, we love coming to this church. We love your pastor, uh, Brother Asher. He just he has a special place. Uh, in our hearts, and I know my wife feels the same way, and uh, we just, we love coming here, and we love worshiping with you, and I wouldn't even care if I was even preaching, I would just love to come here and worship with you, and uh, man, such a fantastic, uh, wonderful time of worship, such a liberty, and such freedom, and don't ever, don't ever take that for granted, and make sure that you guard that, guard that, all right? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If you come into the house of God and there's just kind of this somber, just uh, no expression of life, and uh, I don't know what you call it. I, I don't like it, though. That's all I know. And, uh, you know, they, the religious people would call it, well, you got to be reverent, and, and what you're doing here is not, you know, reverent toward God, and my goodness, do you realize what's going on in heaven right now? Yes. Amen. There is an expression. The Bible indicates that the, the cherubim, the seraphim, the hosts of heaven, they're constantly praising God. Hallelujah. Saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Blessed be the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Glory. Hallelujah. Yes. 
And if the angels can praise God who are not recipients of God's redemption, how much more should we? Glory. Glory. Did you ever think about that? Angels do not and cannot experience what we experience. Jesus didn't die on the cross for the angelic host. He died for you so that you could experience salvation, redemption. I heard someone say that, man, it resonated in my heart. If they're praising God continually, how much more should we? If, amen. If you can't praise God, that's because you are not experiencing the reality of the redemption plan of God. If you don't have a praise on your lips, there's something wrong. You better examine yourself and see whether you are in the faith. There should be a praise on our lips continually for what Jesus did for us. Amen. Praise God. I, uh, man, I feel like I had church already. I don't even feel like I even need to preach at all. Amen. I'm, I'm about wiped out anyhow. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but I am, I am just going to, I'm going to exhort you for a few moments here uh, regarding the purity of the gospel. And I want you to turn your Bibles to actually quoted many passages of it or portions of it last night in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And one thing that can be said about the Apostle Paul is that this man had a, a jealousy for the gospel. He was like a protector, if you will, definitely a defender but also, and maybe this is not the right word, but a protector of the purity of the gospel message. And we see this in many places in Scripture, and I'm going to refer to a few of them here uh, this morning as the Lord uh, would lead us. But Paul would say here in, in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11, he would say, beginning in verse 1, Would to God that you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Then he said this in verse 3, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. For I suppose I was not a whit behind the very chiefest apostles, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself? that you might be exalted because I've preached to you the gospel of God freely. Paul was jealous over the purity of the gospel. 
And I, I mentioned this last night regarding having a single eye concerning and a, and a pursuit and a hunger and a desperation toward the Lord Jesus Christ. But here we're focusing on the gospel. I think maybe the Lord has a message for us in these last couple of last night and, and today regarding uh, protecting and, and having a, a, a single eyed focus on the Lord and, and on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if there is going to be this increase that I believe that there's going to be in this house and every house that will lift up the name of Jesus, there must be a single eye, a focus, and a purity concerning the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we stray away from the purity of the gospel, Jesus Christ, who he is, and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary, then automatically the Spirit of God will begin to depart from us. And then what we will find ourselves doing, and unfortunately this is happening in many churches today, is we begin to develop machinery, mechanisms, religious systems, and things that are of the flesh, gimmicks, fads, things that are, are carnal in nature and formed in the heart and in the mind of man to try to keep it going rather than the power of God's Spirit. So if you as a church, pastor, if you are going to see this increase and this abundance and this glory of God and the presence of God that God desires to, to manifest in your individual lives and in your midst as a church, you must maintain a pure, single-eyed focus and a jealousy over the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, if this was not potentially an issue or a problem for the believer in the church to, to, uh, to go to regarding straying away from the gospel, Paul would not have had to address it. It is, I believe, a very subtle thing as we looked at Friday night, the subtlety and the trickery of the enemy. And I'll just say this, that regarding slipping away from the purity and the power of the gospel, it is a very subtle thing. See, the enemy will just begin to speak things to you that, well, you know, you can embrace this too as an addition to the gospel. This is not going to hurt anything. Go ahead and embrace that, you know, 10-step program. Go ahead and embrace that 40-day thing or whatever it is. I don't even know. I don't keep up with all that. I don't know what the latest fad is in the church. It's probably old stuff that I'm naming. The government of 12 and all of these things. But when these things compromise the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then little by little, and it won't happen overnight, but the Spirit of God will begin to leave this temple, this temple and this temple. So we must maintain a pure, 
single-eyed focus and a jealousy for the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We must realize that everything that God does in the midst of the individual life and the body of Christ, he does it entirely because of the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. From A to Z, whatever you need in your life and whatever this church needs, it is found in the simplicity of the gospel of Christ, in the blood. You see, you have everything in Christ. You have everything from A to Z, from the beginning to the end. Whatever your need is, spirit, soul, and body, it is found in the blood of the Lamb. And if we lose sight of that, then little by little, the Holy Spirit will begin to leave us. You know, I've heard this statement made uh, many times over the years that the church has left the Holy Spirit. The church hasn't left the Holy Spirit. Listen, the church has left the purity of the gospel, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, no, the church has not left the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must leave the church. We're talking about a legal thing here, a legal work. The Holy Spirit will not be in the midst of a people and in an individual's life if you leave the cross. I don't care how many or how much, you know, spiritual gymnastics you do or whatever you try to do to maintain the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your church. The Holy Ghost must leave you. It's a legal thing. By law, he will leave you. But on the other hand, oh, I love this. By law, by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When you have your faith exclusively, completely in the blood, in the finished work of Calvary, by law, the Holy Ghost will be all over you. Amen. Not because you're doing everything right. We think we got to earn the presence of God. We got to earn the Holy Spirit being active and moving and operating in my. You don't earn it. Just like you don't earn anything from God. The same way regarding the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, it is a legal work. And only as you have your faith in Christ and that finished work and you're operating according to that law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you won't be able to shake the Holy Ghost. Maybe the reason why we don't go that way is because we don't want the Spirit of God all over us. We don't want the conviction. We don't want Him moving in our lives. But I don't know about you. I want Him. Amen. 
Amen. As much as this mortal coil and this flesh can be infilled and controlled by the Spirit of God, I want it. I want it. No longer I, but Christ living in me. I want the reality and the power of God operating in my life. Glory. And if you want that in your church, you must maintain that jealous love like Paul had for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This man was serious about the gospel. He never compromised. And he issued very severe warnings to those who did compromise or were moving in that direction. A couple of other places here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul would say this. He would say, I, brethren, I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Let me just say this. The testimony of God is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the testimony of God. When in Revelation, uh, I think it's chapter 11 or 12, where it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony needs to be Jesus Christ and him crucified. Came to you declaring the testimony of God. And he said, for I determined I made a conscious determination. You see, that tells me that there's going to be a lot of outside forces that are going to try to press you and push you in a different direction. You, listen, you, me, we have to make a conscious determination that we are going to be committed to the purity of the gospel. And when I say gospel, the gospel is Jesus Christ, what he did on that cross, who he is, and what he did. The crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, ascended, Lord, glorified, Lord of glory. That is the gospel. We have to determine because there's going to be outside influences, preachers, Christians that are going to tell you, well, you know, you're getting a little too carried away with this cross stuff. You're getting a little too radical with this. And you need to tell them, hey, I have determined. I have determined. I have made a conscious determination. That I'm not going the way of the rest of the church world and its system. I have made a determination that I'm going to be jealous for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And notice this, what Paul said. He said, for I determined not to, I've heard a lot of people quote this, that Paul said, I've determined not to preach anything. But no. 
he said, I have determined not to know anything. You see, you, and and I'll say this to preachers, you're going to preach what you know. You're going to preach what God has revealed to you and in you. When you stand behind a pulpit, what comes out of your mouth is what you know in revelation knowledge and what God has revealed to you in your spirit. Paul said this in Galatians uh, chapter 1, I believe it was. He said that God called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me. To reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him. You see, you're going to preach what's been revealed to you and in you. That's why it's imperative that, especially preachers, but everyone has a revelation. We're all really called to preach. What you preach to your family, what you preach to your uh, co-workers, what you preach when you witness one-on-one is what you know. And when I hear a preacher get in the pulpit and you don't hear, and I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not one of those that think, man, you got to say cross every other word. You know that Paul only used the word cross, I think, 11 times in all of his letters? 11 times. But every time that he mentions the word faith, every time the word gospel is used, every time he says, in Christ Jesus, in him, in whom, he's referring to Calvary. What Jesus did on the cross. So it's not about terminology. I get I get put out with preachers that, man, they, they make a big deal out about someone when they preach a message and they don't use the terminology. You can preach the cross and not even use the word cross. And I know I just offended some people. But you need to get over it. Because that's true. If that, if that were the case, well, Paul must not have really known the cross because he only used it 11 times out of how many letters? About that many? So he used it like, you know, one time in each letter. Well, he must not have really known the cross. How asinine is that, huh? Ridiculous. And you'll know by the spirit of the individual. You'll know by the spirit of the message. Whatever you're preaching on, because in this book, listen, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Calvary. The Old Testament points to it. The New Testament refers back to it. Glory to God. And when you really have a revelation of it, when you really know it, and you have experiential knowledge, God has given you a revelation of Calvary. My friend, you're going to speak it, and you're going to preach it. Paul said, I've determined. You need to determine. Lord, reveal this gospel to me. Reveal Jesus Christ and him crucified to me. Reveal to me the depth of my depravity and the revelation of the new covenant of Jesus and who he is and what he did. That's what Paul determined. He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear 
and in much trembling, a humble man of God. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Unfortunately, what we're hearing in most, most pulpits is enticing words of man's wisdom. Oh, yeah, quoting scripture. You can quote scripture and just use it as a philosophy and it just be man's wisdom. And unfortunately, that's what we're hearing behind most pulpits. Preachers not standing up with the authority and having a revelation of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did. And you're not, listen to me, until you have that revelation, until you've determined not to know anything but have a revelation of that, you will not be able to preach in demonstration of the spirit and of power. If you want a powerful ministry, you got to go to Calvary. You'll find it in the blood. Amen. 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 Back up very familiar passages of scripture back in uh, chapter one here. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and the Greeks foolishness. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Do you want the power of God? You got to go to Calvary. You want the power of the Holy Ghost? You got to go to Calvary. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the book of Galatians, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end here. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to be very long. I feel like our message has gotten through, and uh, I don't feel like I really have to beat a dead horse, so to speak. <laughs> You've heard the expression, right? We don't want to do that. <laughs> All right. Paul, again, uh, because of his great jealousy for the gospel. I'll, I'll just pick up in verse 3. He would say, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. That right there is just such a powerful statement. That's just not a nice flowery greeting, but to those who are living in Christ, grace be to you. Grace is revealed to you. You are living in the grace. Grace be to you and peace. is nothing greater than the peace of God. Amen. Peace of God that passes all understanding. What an awesome thing. That's to you who are living in the confines of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. Don't you thank God for that? Amen. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Let me tell you, there's deliverance for you. I'm not talking about when the church is raptured and when you go by the way of the grave. But right now in this life... He has delivered you. He has delivered you. Amen. It is God's will that you walk in deliverance and freedom. Unfortunately, God's people are bound. We're bound by chains. We're bound by shackles. We are in prison. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ has delivered us. He has broken those chains. He has loosened those shackles. He has opened wide those prison doors. And if you're not walking in liberty, my friend, and I don't say this in a condemning way, but if you're not walking in liberty, you better examine yourself and see where you're at regarding the faith. He 
because there should be freedom. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> spinning around. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's free, freely. <laughs> Amen. But there, there. <laughs> Gotta expect anything when you're preaching, you know. <laughs> But there is freedom, my friend, where the Spirit of the Lord is. And where is the Spirit of the Lord? The Spirit of the Lord is in the midst of a people who have a proper faith in the finished work of Calvary. Amen. If there's no liberty, if there is no liberty because the Spirit of the Lord is not in your midst. Because your faith isn't right. You're not living by the faith of the Son of God. Liberty delivered us from this present evil world. And that's according to the will of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he says this to this Galatian church, these believers here, I marvel that you are so soon removed. See, if this wasn't an issue, why would it be here? These were people that started out right. They started out with that single-eyed focus. They loved the Lord Jesus Christ, God using them. But he says this, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. There's not just one gospel, folks. There's other gospels out there. And they're, they're very deceiving. They look like the real thing. They smell like the real thing. They appear to be the real thing. But it's another gospel. Which is not another. In other words, there really is only one. But these are just fake, false. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you. I, I mentioned that word, I think it was yesterday, last night, that word trouble. If you look that up, it, it actually does imply the leading into and moving into legalism, as we know, or many of you would know or should know, or anyhow, this is what the book of Galatians was written for, believers who were uh, moving into the direction of law, of legalism. Whatever the devil can do to get your eyes off the sincerity and the purity of the gospel, whether it be for them the, the law of Moses the commandments or man-made laws, that, that's mostly what we would deal with in our church age today, is that we acquire man-made laws to try to help God do what he can, only he can do in our lives. And that's what it means to be troubled when he said this. Uh, there be some that trouble you. They're leading you into another way and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Oh, they would still have all the, you know, they, they would, what they would say, have the gospel of Christ and just add to it. But though we, some of the most powerful, strong words in the word of God, but though we or an angel from heaven Preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. 
Man, that's powerful. A curse be upon you. You know, the reality is when you stray away from the gospel, you automatically put yourself under a curse. You wonder why the devil's beating your brains in. You wonder why sin is dominating your life. Because again, until you live according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, if you're not living that way, the law of sin and death is going to be predominant in your life. And sin is going to be overcoming and overwhelming you. It's not God's will that God's people be dominated by sin. It's not God's will that we live in a lifestyle of sinful activity. It's not God's will that we be in bondage to anything. I'm not talking about sinless perfection because we're human. Our faith is not perfect and there will be failure in our lives. But the more we draw closer to the Lord and we live by the faith of the Son of God, the more that you'll be living in victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil the more that you'll be living in liberty and freedom as a child of God. If there is something that you are in bondage to that should drive you to your knees like it did the Apostle Paul when he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? In me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. Paul was desperate. He knew that there was something missing in his life. He knew that he was overcome and in bondage to certain things. And God finally revealed to him and opened up the door to him. And he said, thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. So those things, when we find something that is dominating our lives, it should drive us to a place of desperation. God, I know that there's freedom in this gospel. I know that there's liberty for me. I know that I don't have to be bound by this sin, whatever it may be, alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever it may be. I know that there is freedom and I don't have to be dominated. Lord, reveal it to me. Give me a revelation. Oh, Lord, open up the eyes of my understanding, the eyes of my heart. Make this new covenant real to me. Make the reality and the power of the blood of Jesus reveal it to me. Open my eyes to it, oh God. I may know what is the hope of your calling, not my calling, your calling, and the riches of the inheritance in the saints. What God has invested in you. God, give us a revelation of what has been invested in us. And what is that? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Lord, give us a revelation of Christ reigning and living and being preeminent within our lives. Open up our eyes. Make it real. We are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel. That which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And then he repeats it, as we said before. So say I now again, if any man 
preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Strong. He was very jealous. Would to God that preachers today were that jealous over the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart that what God is doing in the body of Christ is bringing, back, bringing us back to the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ, the simplicity of the gospel. This thing is not complicated. It's not hard. It's simple. Not necessarily easy because it requires a commitment, a denial of yourself, a losing of your life, yes. But if you're willing to do that, take that step, then Jesus Christ will reveal himself and become more real in your life on a continual day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. Amen. Lord, I want all that you have for me. That's what I pray for every one of you here today. Lord, I want all that you have for me. Reveal the power and the purity of this gospel. You know, the more, and this is, this is why, brother, you got so much freedom in this house, and it's going to increase. The more that you preach the blood, and you get the faith of the people focused, focused on that blood, on the cross of Christ, the more the Holy Ghost is going to have the liberty to move in your midst. He's got to move in you individually first. We talk about revival. We need a revival. You need an individual revival. Every one of you got to be revived in your own spirit. Every one of you, and I'm not talking about just a quickening. I'm talking, you need a reformation, really. You need a reformation in your thinking and in your belief system and believing in the confines of Calvary. You have to determine that I'm going to not know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. And the more that is the case, the more God's going to move. And I'm believing, I'm, I'm believing for greater things, more profound and powerful things in this house. You have a, a foundation, and the Lord has been expanding your border spiritually. And now the manifestation of that is going to begin to expand your borders as far as numbers and people, people coming who are hungry and desperate for freedom and, 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 and liberty. In deliverance. You see, the nets have to be prepared before you can take in the fish. So I just exhort you, encourage you, stay focused. Pastor, stay focused on the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen.